Have you ever been concerned about what life would be like if the grid does go down? How would you wash your clothes? Could you produce your own electricity? How could you communicate? How about projects that you can build now to use now, such as a rain catchment system or raised bed gardening or building a solar power system, even generating power from water or wind? Today, we'll be reviewing a book of do-it-yourself projects that will help you do all of those and a whole lot more. Today is July the 14th of 2023, and you're listening to Practical Prepping, episode number 395. We're here to help everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, whether it's a natural disaster like a tornado or a hurricane or a lockdown, inflation, or food shortages, you need to be prepared. I'm Mark. And I'm Krista. And today we'll be talking about a book of projects that we can build to use now or to use after the grid goes down. We also have a special interview with the lead author, Michael Major. If you would like the full episode notes, go to practicalprepping.info slash 395. We'll post the links to the book as well as to the author. Don't think we've ever done a book review. I know. And this book is amazing. And I'm still a little bit throaty. So some of you may notice I've got a little bit of in my throat. I feel much better. Our preps in our medicine cabinet have really come through for me this week. That they have. And and you look great. Well, thank you very much. I actually did some work today. So I feel like I'm getting back to my old self. And I appreciate those of you that have been concerned. Back to the book. This book contains over 70 projects. And it's projects that you can use to do things now and some things that we'll certainly need if the grid goes down. And it's a physical book, so you can use it if the grid goes down and you can't use your devices to access information. And this book is one that every prepper should have on their bookshelf. We have an interview today with one of the authors, Michael Major. He's the lead author of this book, and it's called No Grid Survival Projects. It's how to produce everything you need on your property. Now, we're going to run down just some of the things that the book provides. One, for every project in there, it provides a complete materials list, and these are all available at the home improvement stores or the hardware stores. The pricing of those materials are in there and were current at the time of writing, which the book was finished in 2021. There's links and QR codes for most of the materials. And most importantly, there's step-by-step instructions and photographs of the projects in progress as well as completed. Let me tell you what some of the things I found in this book, too. There are projects on food, including some recipes. For example, how to dry meat and turn it into powder, how to make a 2,400-calorie emergency ration bar, and making hardtack, which is something that actually dates back to before the Civil War. Yes, and there's pemmican in there as well. I saw Mm -hmm. that, too. There are projects related to electricity, how to build a bicycle generator, how to build a Faraday cage. This one was really interesting to me, how to build a hydroelectric generator, Hmm. how to charge your phone when there's no electricity, 
and 14 pages on building a solar panel system. There's also building a wind turbine and protecting your house from an EMP. There's also a few projects that's related to water, which, of course, you know is... That's your favorite. That's my favorite. How to build a rain catchment system, how to build a long-term storage water tank, how to build your own water filter, making a hand pump, and how to purify and desalinate water as well. And that rain catchment system just may be my next outdoor project. Considering the amount of rain we've had in the last month, it would be full. Oh, it would be full. It would be full. There's also uh, a section on keeping people off of your property. There's building traps for animals, birds, and fish. There's a dollar store first aid kits. You can also learn how to build a rocket stove. There are several projects in there regarding gardening, raised bed, as well as in-ground. There's also ways to store seed. And there's also natural remedies you can make using local plants. And believe me, there's a whole lot more than all of these. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll come back straight to the interview. I've built quite a few websites over the years for businesses we've owned or been involved with, so it made sense that I build a website when we were coming out with practical prepping for everyday people. So, I went to work and built a site, and it looked good for the 1990s. One of my daughters said simply, Dad, no. I had not stayed up on my website design skills, and apparently it showed. Is your website old and tired? Does it look dated? Is it easy to maneuver, easy to shop, easy to buy online? Maybe it's time to call ProLine Digital Group. Eric and his team stepped in and built a beautiful, modern website that's easy to use, and it's scalable so it can grow as we grow. Get in touch with ProLine Digital Group today. There's a link on our website, or go to ProLineDigitalGroup.com. In the book, Practical Prepping for Everyday People, you'll find out how to build a go bag, how to prep for your pets, how to make an emergency plan, how to be prepping for your automobile, two-way communications, an EDC or everyday carry bag, and small kits that you can build. These are just but a few of the topics covered in Practical Prepping for Everyday People. Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This book is available on our website and on Amazon. We have on the podcast today Michael Major. Michael is the lead author in No Grid Survival Projects, How to Produce Everything You Need on Your Property. Now, the table of contents, Michael has six pages listing just the projects. There's a lot of projects in this book. It was 70 plus. 70 plus. I'm going to err on the side of plus because this, this thing's divided into categories Projects related to water, projects related to electricity, food, keeping intruders off your property, projects you can do in your backyard. And going through that, I found where it's going to take me some time and a little bit of money to build some projects that I want to try. How did this book come about? Well, I was a writer, regular contributor to askprepper.com, and I did a few DIY articles. I think uh, one one, one of them was like a DIY PVC hand pump. And they, I guess, were impressed with the fact that I was able to build stuff and figure things out on my own. And then they had this idea for uh, 
the No Good Survival Projects, but they were looking for a lead author. So they approached me about it, and I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll look at it. And they sent me the list of uh, projects, and I ended up doing a very large chunk of the projects in the book. There's a bunch of done by other authors, but uh, I did a lot of them, especially more, a lot of the main ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it took about a year or so of uh, building and writing and filming to get all this done. But uh, I think it was a couple of years ago now. It was a good experience. Well, one of the things I like about the book is not only does it give you detailed instructions on how to do it, but it shows you step-by-step photographs and along with the detailed explanations in a lot of areas. Yeah, that was an important part of it for the guys I was doing this with, uh, is that it would be like entry level. Like you would be mm-hmm. able to, anyone can take it and go step by step. And and a lot of the projects do are kind of, they're pretty basic. So if you wanted to expand on them, most of them, like if you wanted to expand on them, you definitely could. Like, uh, for example, like the greenhouse is just basically, this is basically what you need for a greenhouse. If you want to throw a floor in or improve it or make it bigger, smaller, like there's, it's a, a good basis to start from for people to expand on and uh, suit their own properties and stuff. Now I've found that one of interest because we have an unused concrete pad here near the house, and we've been discussing what to put on that pad. And I think we've come up with the idea of putting a greenhouse there. I was going to put a tool storage shed for lawnmower and such as that, but. I can put that back behind the shop because this particular pad gets a lot of sunlight during the day. That was one that was very, very interesting to me. What was your favorite project in here? What what, what did you enjoy building the most and fit the best needs for you? Uh, the solar power system was probably the most exciting, or I guess yeah, exciting would be the word to, to build ahead took a lot to figure out, uh, especially to bring it down to a level that you could go out and get the stuff that you needed, like trying to source batteries and figure out what what you need, how many batteries you need, how to hook them up, then how to do the solar charge controller, how to get the panels, where the panels should go. And like, that was probably the biggest chapter in the book and the, the most intensive one for like research and trying to figure out. And I still, I have it in my shed right now. It's ready to go. Batteries are fully topped up, charged up. I have a, a figure out a way to put the panels on top of my shed. I need to to charge them. That's one that I knew, like, because in the Pacific Northwest here, our biggest threat is definitely an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And an earthquake is going to knock out power. And especially in my area, in the greater Vancouver area, I would anticipate power be knocked out for a month. Like, but once the we run up hydroelectric, and once those the, those uh, towers come down. They're in areas that are not super accessible. We got a lot of mountains around us, and like our power would be gone for a while. So uh, having a renewable and rechargeable source of power to run a fridge, charge some devices, and just do some base, maybe a few basic lights was quite important for me. And uh, that was one of the projects that I thought was going to be the most useful for disaster preparedness. I'm just now starting to get into solar as far as looking at what I need to do, and and that's going to be a big help to me in that particular section of the book. We do have a generator for backup. We live in kind of a tornado alley. There are a lot of tornadoes that come through here, and though it probably would not take it out for a month, could easily take it out for a week. And so I want the solar backup 
and the batteries to be able to run not only the major appliances like freezers and refrigerator, but to run my ham radio equipment, communications being so important. And I noticed that you had projects for communications in there. You built an antenna for CB radio. Building antennas for ham radio is just kind of what I enjoy doing. And so I really appreciated that article as well as your section on ham radio. And a number of our listeners are ham radio operators, and these would be projects that would be of interest to them as well. Too bad I couldn't put more ham radio projects, but uh, because of the licensing and stuff like that, like it's it would be more of a dedicated thing for ham radio operators. But even then, like uh, ham radio operators, I think, are pretty crafty themselves. Like I, I know I build a lot of antennas, and I do a lot of projects. I know most of the hams I know, they're all building antennas. They, they've got all that data already. So adding that, like a, something specific to ham radio, aside from how to use ham radio to blackout, was one of those things that I, I kind of wanted in, in the book, but it wasn't uh, in the cards. It wasn't in the chapter list that uh, I got. But I, I made sure to make the ham radio in the blackout section to be pretty uh, user-friendly and like for a very entry level. Because like, a lot of people just go out and buy the Baofeng radios and those like it's it's helpful to have a something in a like book like that just to kind of let you know yeah you got the Baofeng you got the license but you got there's a few, few things you need to take into consideration before you have to use that during a power outage. Yeah, we've been preaching for several years now that having the radio doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to operate it, and the license is just a license to practice and learn. And I was reading something the other day about a guy who a friend of his is a uh, is prepping, and he had the Baofeng radio just in case. And he pulled it out, and he handed it to him, and he said, okay, everything just went down. Now, how does it work? The guy could turn it on, but he couldn't figure out a frequency, couldn't figure out how to change it, didn't know anything about it. So that's something that we've been pretty heavy on And we've got some articles on the website about getting your ham radio license. And Krista and I are both ham radio operators. We've got two son-in-laws that are ham radio operators. And a 14-year-old that's a 14-year-old grandson that's studying for his tech right now and should be taking it coming up in August. So certainly appreciated and enjoyed that part of the book. Yeah. What are some real benefits of this book? to the average prepper? Well, I think the, the main benefit is you get a hard copy book with a bunch of projects in it, like the 70 projects or 70 plus projects. So even if you don't build any of them right away, if say the grid goes down and you, you end up in a, a long-term grid down scenario and you wanted to build something, like a lot of these projects, you could definitely scavenge materials, figure things mm-hmm. out and make it work. But everything in the book is available on YouTube. But if you don't have the grid, you don't have YouTube. Mm-hmm. So your usual avenues to find out and try to figure things out are gone. This book is a great way to at least get you started. And then it could also get you to the point where you can start figuring things out for yourself. Like if you look at a project in the book, you can easily like look at it, read it, figure out what you have, and then modify accordingly. It's also good for preppers because it's all DIY, and you get a ton of. If you start building projects, you get a ton of skills out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, by the if you build a handful of projects, you start to learn things, and you can move that on to other projects that you come up with on your own. And it, I think the skills part is probably the the most important aspect of it. 
Because without skills, like, you can have all the gear in the world, but you can't do anything with your hands. Like, it's a lot of things become a lot more complicated. Very, very true there. And I also like that all of the components that I saw are available at Home Depot or Lowe's. And you put the pricing for that particular object at the time of the writing of the book. Those will change over a period of time. But you didn't use anything that was super complicated and had to be ordered and built specifically for you and come from, you know, a fab shop or an electronic shop or something like that. You can go to your local big box home improvement store and it's probably on their shelf. So that was a great idea with that. Yeah, I I did a lot of trips to Home Depot. I can imagine, and I hope you don't live that far from it. I mean, we're we're three miles from Home Depot and a Lowe's, but I hope you weren't having to go 35 miles each time. No, we're we're pretty close. We're We're about a 10-minute drive. Good. How can people get the book? The best way is just through the website, nogreatsurvivalprojects.com. That's the best way to get the book. Go straight through the sites they have set up and the printers that they have set up. It's the best place to go. Okay, and we will link that in our episode notes that we put out every episode. There's a place that they can go, and we will give them that in the episode to go and be able to click on that. What about if people want to contact you? Is is it best to do that through the website, or is there some other? Yeah, there's. I'm sure there's a way through the website to contact me directly. The other way would be through my freelance writing website. It's another way to contact me. Okay. Uh, which is majorfreelancewriting.com. Well, Michael, I certainly appreciate you being on here today. And if you have a new book coming out with any prepping aspect to it, we'd love to have you come back and talk about the book, show us uh, what we can do with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. Anything else you want to tell our listeners before we go? I mean, well, obviously buy the book, but <laughs> aside from that, just take a, like, when it comes to like prepping and stuff like that, just, you know, it's where it says no great survival projects, but by like no means am I suggesting that the world's going to end anytime soon or anything. It's just, in almost every disaster that you can think of, uh, natural, man-made, whatever, the, the grid always seems to go down, and the grid seems to go down sometimes for no apparent reason, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of reasons we could end up without power first extended period of time and having a bunch of stuff around you that doesn't require electricity is always a good good idea it's it's always something that's beneficial and it's not going to be a detriment to anyone to have water and the way that heating or solar power i mean it's only going to help you and it's always it's a good thing to have and just thinking about being without the grid is a good exercise for any prepper to take yeah the grid does go down and it goes down somewhat regularly for some of our listeners anyway. So far, it's always come back. There may be a day it doesn't, but these are projects that we don't have to wait until the grid's not here. These are projects that we can use. I'm looking at the water catchment system, building that, one, for catching rainwater to be able to irrigate the garden and not have to pay additional doesn't look like it's very expensive to be able to build that. I may have pretty much what I need except for the large barrel in the garage. And so that just looks like a money-saving idea to me. Yep. Michael, we, we do appreciate it. And you enjoy the rest of your day. And we're going to go 
get up with family and do what we do well, and that's eat. Holler at me if we can help. Yep, absolutely. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. We hope that you have found some value in today's episode. We really believe that you should have this book, No Grid Survival Projects, on your bookshelves. It's written for off-grid scenarios, but you know, any of these could be a great prepper project anytime. And by the way, we're not paid to do this interview, nor do we make any money off the sale of this book. If we did not believe that having this book would not bring value to you, we wouldn't have recorded this episode. And once again, if you want the full episode notes with the links, go to practicalprepping.info slash 395. We appreciate you being here. And if you find value in the podcast, would you be willing to give back a little by buying us a cup of coffee? There's a link right there on the front of our webpage, practicalprepping.info. And remember, as Krista always says, stuff happens, stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.